Welcome to Where'd They Go, a podcast that is intended to aid in the grieving process after the loss of a child. Hi, I'm your host, Cheryl Laxanen, and in 2014, after the loss of my son Christopher at the age of 22, I started to receive strange, supernatural communications immediately upon his transition. I say transition because that is what I believe it is. It's just a step into a new type of existence without our earthly body. I thought I was going crazy, even contemplating that I had schizophrenia. So I immersed myself into books and self-help groups to explore what happens after death. By receiving communication from spirit and conducting my own research and exploration, I now wanna help others through their grief, through your grief. Welcome to the club that I wish you didn't have to be a part of. My first guest is Kara. Kara and her husband lost their son, Stephen, and since then, she too has been transformed into a shining light mother and is ready to share her own journey and share with us the messages she receives from Stephen. Kara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Cheryl. It's an honor to be here. This is such a great adventure for you. I'm so proud to be and honored to be here. And our children are working through us. Yes. To they, help others. They definitely are. Well, first of all, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Stephen. What was Stephen like as a son? What was he like growing up, his environment? Well, he grew up, uh, he was born in Kansas City, grew up in a middle-class family. He's the oldest of three boys. Um, we moved around a bit. Uh, when he was five, we moved to Texas. And after three years, moved to Michigan, where he became a huge Michigan fan, Um, then eventually ended up here in Columbus, Ohio, in Dublin. Uh, He was a very outgoing, social kiddo. He strong-willed. He knew what he wanted and uh, loved people and loved animals. Most importantly, he loved sports. He was big into Baseball and football from a very young age. Started playing for the Canton Lions football team in when we lived in Detroit uh, and was successful early on. So that sparked his interest. So once we moved to Dublin and it's a big football state, so um, that's really when things got started for his athletic mm-hmm. career. He. A- and what grade was he in at that time? We He moved here when he was in fourth grade. Yeah. Went to a Catholic school for a few years, and then after that went to Grisell Middle School in Dublin and started playing football there. Mm-hmm. So what got him in the situation that he's not with us anymore? Well, unfortunately, he sustained a very serious shoulder injury his senior year in October, actually November, correction. Um, playing, November of what year? November of 2019. So he would have been 18 years of age? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Um, it was so serious that when he stood up off the field, Steve and I could tell it was very serious. His, Stephen is your husband as well? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. His arm was hanging down below his knee. It was gruesome to see. And both of us immediately looked at each other and just about burst into tears. We knew 
we knew he was in trouble in terms of his injury. So he had a surgery. So he went to see the doc that night just to, to let us know, yes, he's got a serious shoulder injury, put him in a sling. The next day, we went to an orthopedic doctor. They prescribed pain medication because it's very painful. And then we had to schedule the surgery. And that was about two to three weeks out. Um, and that's when the addiction started. It sparked his... So condition. Stephen had an opioid addiction. Yes. From the from, pain. Yes, from the pain and being overdosed medication, and how, opioids and oxycodone, how, oxycontin. And how long did that last? And what did that road look like? Well, it lasted for about seven years. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. It's, it was a very long time. He went through hell. That's for sure. He went through five rehabs. Um, he was offered a scholarship to Kent State, went there, was on the football team. He was redshirted, and that was hard for him. Um, also, backing up a little bit, he had been offered multiple Division One scholarships, um, to a couple of schools that were um, ones that he he was excited about, but really Michigan was the one that he really wanted wanted to play at, and because they knew that he had an injury that was off the table, and that was devastating to him. It really, really affected him emotionally. I can only imagine as a child, and that's what you've worked for your whole entire life. And then it ends Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. offers have been offered Mm -hmm. and then they don't want you anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure depression set in as well. Oh, for sure. With an addiction. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah, we saw it right away. And of course, you know, we saw the the depression and the, I can't believe this happened. What, What an unfortunate set of occurrences for this to happen to me. Um. And who knew that being overprescribed would lead to seven years of battling back and forth, going to five different rehabs, and then ultimately losing his life? Well, Um, I'm sure you you beat yourself up daily because Mm -hmm. of that. But, Kara, you did not know what you didn't know back then. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Back then when I was helping him manage his pain— I did what the doctors told me to do and what the what the nurses told me to do. You know, it was stay mm-hmm. in front of the pain, and um, it's he had five anchors put in. Cheryl, that's a lot. Um, two in the front, two in the back, one uh, labrum tear. So five anchors, very painful, especially at the age of eighteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of rehab, months of rehab. So, what happened? At the end? Well, um, as I mentioned, after relapsing, being clean and, and sober for, you know, a few years and then relapsing again, back and forth, back and forth for seven years, he was in Florida. He had come out of a sober living facility and was doing great. He was uh, living on his own for seven months doing great. 
he was buying his very first car, mm. mm-hmm, a gray Camaro. He was supposed to pick it up on that Monday. And um, I talked to him on Saturday. The last thing he said to me in a text message was, go blue. Michigan was playing football that night. And um, Sunday, I texted him in the morning, didn't respond, which was unusual for him. But I thought, you know, um, the Chiefs are playing. Mm. We're big Kansas City Chiefs fans. Um, So after Steve and I went to church, we came home and went to the pool. And um, it was probably mid-afternoon, and I was sitting on the side of the pool, my feet dangling in the water. Um, I just decided to lay back. I, I can visualize this. It's an amazing vision. Um, and I remember looking up in the sky. It was a beautiful blue sky with puffy white clouds. And I saw a strange image. I saw a, a white rectangle up in the sky. Vertical or horizontal? Vertical. It it wasn't really moving or floating. It was just there. Mm -hmm. But the clouds were moving. And I thought, that's weird. You know, I closed my eyes, looked a little, looked up at it again, closed my eyes again, kind of shook my head. What am I seeing? I kind of looked around and looked up, and it was there. And then I think I got distracted because I – I don't know. I didn't think about it again. And then um, Sunday night, texted, no response. From Stephen, your son. From Stephen. Monday morning, on the way to work, texted, no response. My heart. Skipped a beat. Yeah. My my brain, my body sent into motion Mm -hmm. things that I can't explain. And I got to work, and I told my coworkers, I burst into tears, and I said, something is seriously wrong. He, he Where was Stephen living at the time? He was in Florida, mm-hmm. living on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what happened? So then I, uh, that afternoon, when I got off work, I called him again, and I always called him every afternoon about 3.30, and he always picked up, and he didn't pick up. So then what so I drove home and walked in the kitchen, and my husband Steve and middle son Matthew were there. And S- Steve told me that um, they had done a well check and they found him. Mm. That I'm um, terribly sorry. What year was that, and how old was Steve? That was 2017. He was 26. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what do you attribute that, as you were talking about it before, when you were at the swimming pool, that... Cloud in the sky that you saw. Mm-hmm. It was a premonition. Mm. It, it was an awakening of sorts of things are really changing for you. Something, mm. And you haven't seen anything like that Mm-mm. since. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I'll tell you the days after he passed away, I would look up to the skies for, other, for an answer, for signs mm-hmm. and symbols, mm-hmm. something. Yeah, to explain, to explain that. Mm-hmm. But I just sort of you know, let it go. Because at, at that point, too, I was in shock. Yeah. I the was darkness. Numb. Darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you're a zombie walking around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No feelings, no thought, just you exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So what was your first 
crazy thing that might have happened to you after Stephen passed that you thought, wow, what's going on? Yeah. Well, right away, a cardinal, when I would walk in the morning, I heard a cardinal chirping and it would kind of follow me. And I I knew that that was a symbol of a loved one coming to visit you. Did it happen every day or just on occasion? It was pretty much every day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, wake up, mom. Uh-huh. I'm here. I'm here. I'm fine. It, it's all good. Um, but still, that wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was comforting. And then about two weeks later, I was sitting on the back deck uh, having coffee, went inside, got the dog, Took her, st- took her on a walk, and something was shining in front of me. And I went to pick it up, and it was a medallion. For for the audience who can't see right now, Kara's mm-hmm. holding <laughs> up this medallion. Yes, yes. It's the Catholic Saint Gerard, who was the patron saint of children. Catholic Saint. Mm. And there it was. Wow. And I picked it up, and I God. It was meant for you. It was meant for me. Mm-hmm. It's battered, and mm-hmm. but there it was, right. right in front of me. That's just nuts. And that that's when I knew his soul. Yeah, lives on. Is, it right. lives on. So you know, we were talking about this dark place that you get in right after you know you lose somebody that you love, especially a child. You know, we get signs, we get symbols, and we always want more, and they don't happen always when we want them to happen. Some some parents don't receive any signs, you know. Mm-hmm. What? How many years has it been? It's been six since yes, Stephen's been? six. It'll be six in October. What has helped you through this journey to get back to a place where you can smile again, we can go to the grocery store and not feel that everybody's looking at you. Mm-hmm. Where you can go on vacation and actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, one book that I started reading right away, Healing After Loss, it's the daily medications to working through grief. That really helped me because I would open up my eyes in the morning <laughs> and not want to get out of bed. Mm. You know, it's the first thing you think of. Mm-hmm. And you open your eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I had it on my nightstand and I opened it up and I would read it every morning. And it was just an affirmation of, okay, this woman who wrote the book, she lost her daughter mm-hmm. unexpectedly in a Who's tragic. the author? Mary Whitmore Hickman. And it's called Healing, Healing After Loss. Mm-hmm. So that really helped me um, where I could get two feet out of bed and put them on the floor mm-hmm. and get up and get out of bed. Yeah. And then went to some grief counseling. Mm-hmm. To, How did that help? Or did it help? It's still a toss up, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it did, but it didn't. Everybody had so many different experiences and I was still, I went pretty much right away about three months after he passed away. And I was still, is this really, ha- did this really happen? Mm-hmm. You know, just that, crazy feeling of like this isn't real this is this isn't happening to me yeah how what did i do to deserve this what did my family do what did my child do he wasn't a bad person what did he do that he's not here on this earth anymore right right 
Yeah. So, I mean, counseling isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it just depends. Mm-hmm. But really, reading books helped me. But really, most importantly, were the signs. The signs. So, you talked about the cardinal. You talked about the pendant that you brought. Yes. What else? Well, um, our symbol, if you will, is a dragonfly. I see you have a necklace on mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. a dragonfly. Mm-hmm. This to us, the dragonfly represents Stephen. Um, at the dinner after his funeral, we uh, had family at um, a place where we all gathered, and I read the story of the dragonfly, which is where a young water beetle um, ascends up through the water. He's called to go up through the water and transforms into a beautiful butterfly. And this is before you've received any messages from a dragonfly. Yes. So you read this at Stephen's Celebration of Life. And I, <laughs> and I ident- and I identified with that. Okay. It really touched my heart. It just I felt like, okay, this is this is what Stephen went through. He he was a human mm-hmm. being on earth and he transformed into a beautiful child of God, um, a soul who is free yeah. and okay. I had a similar experience. I'm sitting on the deck on the patio. It's like a hundred degrees out, mid July. And there's a caterpillar, you know, one of the big green ones that come crawling on and went in to refill my glass, right? Because I was drinking a lot back then, right? No doubt. trying to comfort myself. I came back on the table. That big green caterpillar was gone. And there I see this beautiful butterfly. And it just sat there. Even when I sat in my chair, had my glass of wine, I sat there. And that thing did not leave. The butterfly did not leave. One, where'd that green, big green caterpillar go? And two, why is this butterfly sticking around? Yeah. Yeah. So I get the dragonfly thing. Yeah, so cool. The morning of our first walk, we have a, a walk for hope every year in August for Stephen to raise money um, to help others who are suffering from substance use disorder. I, and I called you because I was walking outside with my coffee, opened up the screen, the sliding glass door, and there was a dragonfly. It wasn't alive, but I went, wow. Well, I remember you calling me that day <laughs> because I'm driving in my car through Wendy's, and I had both windows down. And at the same time you're calling me, I don't know if you remember this. I remember it very But this well. dragonfly flies through my right window and out my left window and i'm like what the i know explicit award mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's just amazing just amazing so really from from that point on we knew that the dragonfly would be an important story mm-hmm. and um symbol of of steven mm-hmm. yeah so where are you right now what type of place are you in right now i mean it's been a few years I'm much better than I was, you know, year two. Yeah. My opinion is the the hardest. Mm -hmm. So closing in on six years, I I feel much better because I have had so many signs. Affirmations. Yes, so many Mm -hmm. affirmations that uh, I, I can make it through the day without it constantly being in the back of my mind, Mm -hmm. flashing all the time. And you're doing advocacy work, too. Yes. Through Stephen. Yes. 
Helping others. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. We established a foundation called SAMO Soldiers, um, doing business as the Addiction Recovery Foundation. Um, we help individuals receive a month's treatment, if not more, or transportation to a facility that's in South Carolina. We have that relationship through a friend, a former football player at Kent State, a friend of Stevens who also uh, had an injury, ankle injury, his senior year at Kent State, and ultimately became addicted mm-hmm. to opioids. Mm-hmm. So they saw each other at rehab, mm-hmm. the last rehab that Stephen was at, mm-hmm. and they immediately connected. Luke is doing great now, but after hearing about Stephen's passing, we just uh, established a really strong bond, and he helps us find individuals. Mm-hmm. He works for a for-profit um, rehabilitation center. So we work for a not-for-profit, and we are um, a not-for-profit. And I feel that advocacy works helps you through that grieving pro- process, too. So not only signs, affirmations, books, mm-hmm. right? Oh, books, yes, reading. Community. Mm-hmm knowing people that have gone through the similar process of losing a child, talking through that and with that, it doesn't happen overnight. It is a process, Mm -hmm. but it's an awakening, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a heartwarming feeling. Yeah. What's a shining light parent? Well, a shining light parent to me, the definition to me is somebody who has had that awakening who has received wonderful signs and affirmations from their child Mm. and who shares a commonality among other parents who have lost a child, whether it be from addiction or suicide, an accident, cancer, cancer, whatever it is. Mm Non-denominational, non-religious, just belief that we're more than just who we are in this earthly body, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that helps knowing that when it's over, it's not over. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, the other night, let's see, what is today? Today is Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> so I think it was, sorry, Monday. Our, our, <laughs> our audience doesn't know that it's Thursday. <laughs> so um, I was putting together the Facebook fundraiser for Stephen and kind of struggling with it, the words to to say. And this will be the sixth year? This will be the sixth year, yes. And his, his 32nd birthday is August 12th. And so we're going to go to Glacier Ridge Metro Park and walk uh, just with family. Um, yeah, and, and anybody, uh, one of his good friends is going to come, anybody else who wants to join. Um, so Steve and I were, my husband and I were walking our dog. And as I mentioned, I was struggling. And so I thought, I got to step away from this, take some time, clear my head, breathe a little, get some fresh air. And as we were leaving the the mailbox, I looked down on the ground and I saw what looked like a butterfly just wedged in the grass right by the sidewalk. And I leaned down and it was so beautiful. It was blue shining in the sun. And I went and picked it up and it's the Blessed Mary holding baby Jesus. Oh, I wish everybody could see this. Kara has, and it's, it's not cut out. It's, it's, it's in really sh- amazing. It's just 
the mother and the child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's all you see. And it's almost in the shape of, it's really in the shape of a heart. And it's in the shape of a heart. That mm-hmm. is just, uh-huh. yeah. So if you're going through this process, have an open heart, have openness, because you, and don't take anything as, oh, that's a bird. That's this. Oh, that's a cloud. You, Shit happens, and it's crazy. And all they're doing is trying to wake you up and say, hey, look, there's something else out there than just you and I, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're here for us to guide us. They're our, our team of light, you know, along with our other people mm-hmm. and our families who have passed away. Yeah. I have another story about a feather. Um, Go for it. I, yeah, okay. It was, it's, it's pretty, M- pretty mine, cool, too. Mine's pretty cool, too. <laughs> I know. You have a lot of great <laughs> stories. You really do. Um, I'm from Kansas City, and I was in Kansas City this summer visiting my 90-year-old father, and we went to the cemetery to lay flowers on my mother's grave. Well, my father is not very steady on his feet. Uh, I opened up the passenger door next to the curb and went around to get him. He stepped out and he fell. So I went over to try to pick him up and I couldn't pick him up, even though he didn't doesn't weigh very much. It was just a struggle. So finally, I was like, I'm determined. I, I can't, you know, mm. what am I going to do? We're at the cemetery and there's nobody around. Large cemetery in Kansas City. And so I pulled him hard and he ended up falling on top of me. And then I fell onto the ground. And there we are. <laughs> I and, can't and, even visualize that. <laughs> well, I was ticked off, wanted to cry, just in shock. Like, like seriously, how does this happen to me? Come on. Mm. Come on. You know? And so I brainstormed and eventually um, pulled the car around, got the driver's side, got the passenger side door open, um, lifted him up, and he pulled himself into the car. Like, don't get out, don't mm-hmm. move. Like, I'm determined to go put these flowers on my mother's grave. And I'm like, Stephen, please help me find her grave, so I don't have to, so he doesn't have to wait a long time. And I'm saying, you know, my team of lights. Jesus, God, Blessed Mary, all of you, just help me. I'm I'm really struggling here. And so I walked behind the car and was walking towards the grave markers, and right there in front of me was a huge hawk's feather, huge, just laying right there, vertical. And I went, thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, and I just immediately felt calm you and feel relaxed. It. Yeah, and I thought, okay, you heard me. And you're you're helping me. You hear, and you heard me cry out for yeah, help, right? Yeah. And he's letting you know that he was there in that moment, mm-hmm. helping you, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so here's my feather story. Okay, so we have a mutual friend. Her name's Lori, <laughs> and she put on Facebook that she found this feather because she had lost her son too. And I'm like, oh, I think I text her back or something. I went out to my garage. Went out to the front yard, and there's this, and it was in the month of October. There's this huge red feather. No, not like uh, one you see from a cardinal. This was like 12 inches long. It came from an Indian headdress, I would think, right? Nothing that 
exist like that in our house. Nobody ever comes over. Like, where'd this red feather come from? She got a feather at the same moment that I got a feather. And how'd that happen? And our children knew each other. Mm -hmm. So I took that as a sign. So I put that feather in my glove box in my car to keep me safe. Yes. Right? That's great. So it's just the little things, audience, Mm -hmm. that you look out for with the loss of a loved one. Just look around you. They're there. Once you see a few, then they're all around you. Yeah. Especially when you really need them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stephen, for helping your mother come talk without any tears today. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much, Kara, for sharing your story. Thank you. Wow. What an incredible journey Kara's been on. And the signs and the symbols and affirmations that she's received from her son, Stephen, who has passed on into the next realm, trying to help Kara navigate her grief. I hope that you have found benefit from this podcast, Where'd They Go? My name's Cheryl Laxonen, and I hope to see you next time.